Compassion is an action word with no boundaries. Prince. You are listening to the Main Event Man podcast. I'm your host, Roy Flash Gordon. I'm a fitness professional, pro wrestler, and men's coach. And I created this podcast to help men get off their asses, face their fears, and start living the life they've always wanted. Each week, I bring topics and thoughts to the table that will not only help you step into the main event of your world and shape your life into one you love, but also help you become a better man, not only for yourself, but for the people in your life and this world we live in. Ahem. Welcome. Welcome, dear friend, to the Main Event Man podcast. Go ahead, pull up a seat, hit that subscribe button, and uh, settle on in. Oh, Roy Boy is going to hop right into things today. I want to talk about getting what we want in life from other people. We can do a lot on our own, but as long as we're in relationships or require interaction with other people in any form, we're going to have needs that require the contribution of those people. We also live in a society that, based on your position in life, we're a bit discouraged from asking for what we need. Some of us fill roles where, in fact, we are expected to be caregivers and leave our wants and needs on the back burner to maybe be tended to if we don't forget about them. Being in a spot where you don't seem to have space to have your needs fulfilled means being in a space where it can be scary to ask for what you need due to fear of rejection or worse. A need that goes unrequested will remain just that, though, a need, and it won't become reality, and it will likely persist. The more persists, the more chance you will live a life that is uh, resigned, unfulfilled, and eventually you'll get to sadness, anger, resentment, and all that that comes with such a life. All those things that are poisonous to a successful relationship of any sort. For clarity, I'm using the word need, but wants, they kind of fall in there too. The kind of wants that aren't material. And the kind of things that may seem like wants if looked at on paper, but feel like needs are the kind I'm talking about. For our more base needs, the lack of their fulfillment will lead to injury, illness, or death. That's pretty easy. It's our other needs that we got to take a look at if we find ourselves unfulfilled or unhappy. And who would be happy if they're scared to ask for what they need most of the time? There's totally a fear of rejection in that, but also feelings of shame or guilt come up when you're trying to have your needs met. Uh, One of my favorite movies is Think Like a Man, based off Steve Harvey's book, and it's hilarious, by the way. Uh, One character has a very close relationship with his mom in a total mama's boy sort of way, to the point where he has to prove that he is not being controlled by her mom power, which is scary for him. She raised him alone. He loves her and feels indebted to her. So he has to do what she says. Comes when she calls and never miss Sunday dinner. Classic enmeshment here. So he starts to see uh, a lady in the movie and things escalate to the point where he needs to step up his presence in her life. But it's clear he's kind of unable to do that with his commitment to his mom. It's clear he has to lay down the law with mama, which spoiler alert. He eventually does, but not until the second movie and his relationships remains turbulent because of that. His inability to describe his need for boundaries with his mom almost cheated him out of the relationship he wanted. Now, that's a movie, but it's totally real life. Your happiness will be based on the success with which you fulfill the needs of others. And I'm doing air quotes around the word happiness because that's a generous, it's a generous word 
for the state we're in when we are people pleasing. It's existing at best. And while people have lived their entire lives in that state, they also lived with sadness, anger, resentment, all that stuff, whilst never knowing fulfillment. Even in dating, we're scared to come across as needy. Look, fuck that noise. It's not needy to establish, hey, here's what I'm looking for. Here's the level of communication I'd like with a partner. Here are my boundaries. What size ring do you wear? Oh, we reverse that last one. <laughs> my, my bad, my bad. But, 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 uh, boundaries of sorts. Needs are our boundaries of sorts. Uh, the contributions to your life and you're entitled to them. We all are. And here's four things I want you to consider when asking for those needs to be met in a way that's likely to get them met successfully. First, you're going to need to recognize that you are, in fact, in need. So say that your partner cancels plans for the night and uh, you were supposed to meet and the result is you feeling sad. Sadness is your feeling. And that feeling is generated by a need for something. Perhaps you were needing intimacy or quality time with your partner. There are many feeling need combinations out there, as many as there are scenarios. But you have to get good at looking at your feelings and seeing what's behind those feelings. So your need is known and you're able to express that need. Next, you want to claim responsibility for your own feelings. When I laid out the scenario above, I was super careful to say your partner canceled on you and the result was you feeling sad. I purposefully did not say your partner made you sad because they canceled on you. I'm sad because you canceled on me. That motivates feelings of guilt and shame. Can it motivate empathy? Perhaps, but the other stuff is coming along for that ride as well. The language we're conditioned to use shifts blame to other people or circumstances to explain how or why we do or feel the way we do. If you speak in a way that implies judgment or criticism, you aren't contributing to your partner in a way that's going to necessarily change things in a way that's best for both of you. You will certainly take away from their self-esteem, though. Think about how you felt after being blamed for how someone feels. Was that empowering or detrimental? And did you feel particularly excited to meet the needs of the person when you were feeling that way? I'm going to say no. I know me personally have not felt great after being put in that place. And I don't think many people feel great about it. So why not speak in a way that gets your feelings and needs across and maybe makes your partner feel less shitty? I'm not, by the way, excusing behavior that stimulates our feelings, but that's what it did. It stimulated our feelings. It did not create those feelings. It's a bit of a distinction there. Um, and it gives you power back over those feelings. And that's also a tangent from another day. So how do we, how do we say it in a more powerful way? When expressing your feelings, let's try to get rid of because you statements. Example, I feel sad because you did this. I feel disappointed because you blah, blah, blah. Can those get you results? Sure. 
but likely not because they want to meet your needs, but instead they don't want to feel guilty anymore, possibly. And that's just what we all want. Someone who doesn't cancel plans on us because they don't want to feel guilty. That's that's a spicy, uh, sexy, romantic relationship right there, for sure. Why don't we switch out the because you statements for because I. For example, I feel sad because I was really looking forward to seeing you because I am needing some quality time with you. How's that feel? The more closely the feeling is connected to the need that wasn't met, the better chances there are that will be empathized with. People can hear that feeling because they don't hear themselves being criticized at the same time. And there's some compassion, compassion there that makes them more willing to try to meet that need. Next, you need to give clear directions on how you think you'd like your need to be met. We tend to be vague in our requests. In the book, Nonviolent Communication, the author describes a cartoon with a man who's having a hard time swimming. He, he tells his dog who's on the shore to go get help. And the cartoon ends with the dog in a psychiatrist chair. <laughs> So the dog got help. I don't know what happened to homeboy, but the dog got help. Uh, maybe not the help that homie needed, but he got help, right? The mistake there in the joke is he probably should have been more specific with who the dog should have gone to find to provide the help that he was looking for. And uh, people give their loved ones vague demands on what they want different, but not on what they expect. Then uh, let's say uh, a husband comes home bringing flowers to his wife after she asked him to be more romantic. And then he's surprised when his wife hates the flowers. But she asked for romance. That's what he's doing, right? Flowers are romantic. Not if she had something else in mind. Uh, honey, I'd really love to go on a date night once a week. That's pretty specific, right on the head, for the need she has. Asked for romance. This is what she thinks is romantic. Quantifiable. That's exactly what she is looking for. Without that specificity, Hubby might have tried four or five more things he perceived as romantic before getting it right. So be specific in the need you're trying to express. Finally, avoid demands. Mostly because no one wants to be bossed around for anything. Uh, this partially goes back to our motivations also for the motivations of the individual, rather, you're making your request of. Do you want your partner to act because they are avoiding the punishment of feeling guilty or fear of you withdrawing your love? Or do you want them to act because of that love and their desire to contribute to your life? The former motivation does not only imply a less desirable motivation, but will also make your request less likely to be met because we as humans don't like to be made to do anything. We really can't make anyone do anything. All we can do is make them afraid of consequences of not doing the thing. And there's not, there's no chance of a lasting, fulfilling relationship when actions come from that place. So to have a great chance of having your needs met, you need to, one, recognize your feelings as unmet needs. Two, use the I feel X because why equation to claim responsibility for your feelings and not leave uh, the person 
who you might be uh, tempted to shift blame to, to make them not feel criticized when you're expressing your feelings and needs. Number three, use positive action language that specifically outlines your request. Do this exact thing to fulfill my needs, please. And then when requesting, make sure it's actually a request and not a demand. The great thing about all that and enhancing your communication in this way is it will help you contribute more beauty into the lives of others as you help them meet needs if you're ever requested to. If you're a human, you deserve to have your needs met. So many people, even those who aren't serial caregivers, are sitting right now with feelings of dissatisfaction swirling around in them because they have an unmet need. Whether it's one they must meet on their own or one that requires the cooperation of another, the individual feeling those feelings are the key. You now have a few tools in the toolbox to assist you for success. But like many things, it comes down to having the vulnerability to ask for what you need. You do not have to let your needs fall by the wayside to enrich the lives of others. In fact, I, I always say, the more full your cup is, the better you are able to serve the world. So show up. Especially if you identify as someone who is a caregiver. You need to hear this. Show up. This time for yourself. And watch what it does for everyone around you too. www.royflashgordon.com If you'd like help in getting your needs met and taking action in your life so you're able to take on your next big step with some of that main event power, baby. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>